everybody. We're going two by two. That's right. We're talking Book of Mormon here on Broadway Breakdown. Join us in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Eternal life. Eternal life. Jesus Christ. It's super fun. Oh my god. I love this musical. It's it's such like a fun, upbeat musical that's just like I mean, there's serious topics being discussed in it, but it's just so silly. Like you can't I feel like you cannot not have fun watching this musical. It's true. And our engineer gave us this line, but he, he, like he said, it is Father's Day today, and what better way to spend Father's Day but to talk about the Father. The ultimate the Father. Ultimate father. God and Almighty. Jesus Christ. The Mormon God. <laughs> the, Mormon, <laughs> the Book of Mormon God. Um, and I do want to say a very special Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Christian Blatt was going to be here with us today, but because it is Father's Day and he is a father, he has to spend it with his son. Of course. Of course. We're yes. not going to judge him for that. No. <laughs> um, I am your host, Brianna Phipps. You guys can find me at bphipps14 on Twitter and Instagram. And where can they find you? 123 Jackie B on all platforms or next Sunday on the RuPaul's Drag Race finale after show. Oh, yeah, show. you guys aren't doing one tonight. Yeah. No show tonight. No show tonight. So, Book of Mormon, it's currently in Los Angeles um, touring for the second time. Yes. Yes. I, I would say... <clears throat> This is probably, if Les Mis is my favorite musical, this is my second favorite musical. Or if, like, your Les Mis is your favorite dramatic musical, this is your yeah, favorite Yeah, this is comedy. my favorite comedy musical. And I, I mean, I watched, I'm a big South Park fan, so because the South Park writers made this. Um, I was and Matt Stone yes. uh, made Book of Mormon for anyone that doesn't know. I was know. already super excited before this ever came out when I heard that they were, um, I worked, I worked for... Trey Parker and Matt Stone's attorneys at the time and I was when I heard that they were making Book of Mormon I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited (laughs) they're making a musical it's it's like a musical that you don't know how it's gonna go until you see it like when I heard that there was a Book of Mormon musical and that it was being made by the South Park Rise, I was like oh this is either gonna be amazing or like people are gonna hate it South Park had um an episode about Joseph Smith and now looking back I can't even I I didn't even remember if it aired before the Book of Mormon or not um it did it did so for me um I feel like just knowing Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I already had in my mind like a flavor of what this was going to be. And Robert Lopez, who is right now wildly known for uh, Frozen, at the time was known for Avenue Q. Yes. So putting that all together, I kind of had an idea in my mind that it was going to be like funny and irreverent, um, just like Avenue Q in South Park. But if you also watch the Joseph Smith episode, you get a good idea of, <laughs> of what like this is going to be. And these I mean, guys, if you just listen to the soundtrack. I think you'll know right away if you'll like it or not. Yeah, like that, listen to I the mean, first three songs, and you'll you'll get it, you'll be like either you are down or you're not your taste. Right. If you if you don't like irrever- the irreverent sense of humor that comes with like South Park and Avenue Q, this is not for I you. I mean, it's not hundred percent true because I do know people that don't like South Park that were like like my parents' age and like they went and saw this and they did like this show. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, uh, Oh my gosh, I was just gonna, I was gonna, oh yeah, so Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they grew up in Colorado, and I don't know much about Colorado, but um, there was enough of a Mormon community there that they were fascinated with the religion. It's not that far from Utah, which is like the biggest. Well, of course, yeah, it's the promised land. Um, 
But <laughs> I have cousins who are Mormon. It's the promised land. Um, but they <clears throat> they wrote Book of Mormon from a place of fascination, not a place of hate, which I think is why, to me, like, you could have written a musical that was just, like, mean, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's, it's just, uh, and for someone, like, I grew up in a very Catholic um, household, and for me... I had a lot of conflicts with my religion. And so this musical for me kind of exemplified conflicts I had with my religion, which is why I appreciated it so much because I would see people like Elder Price in my religion who it's like they grew up in this religion, but and but they didn't really understand like what doing good was like he's like oh i want to go to orlando and have a blast you know and and be and be the biggest prophet ever but to me i would see people like that and it's like that's not to me what the point of of having sort of a moral compass is it it means like wanting to do the most good for the most amount of people But in the mormon church they they do and they still do i think if they just made it so women are going to start doing missions as well um where they do send them out and they go and they try to recruit people to the Mormon church and the Mormon um, faith is like that and uh, born again Christian yes do that a lot yeah like I, I had also thing. worked with um, I had a job in in high school where I worked with a lot of born again Christians at a I worked at a Christian summer camp and it was very revealing to me because I hadn't Catholics are not very evangelical because it's a old, very old religion Um so it it was the first time I had been in contact with like a lot of evangelicals and I was like, oh, this is a very interesting and different experience and you kind of learn about what their mindset is. Yeah. I mean, it is very interesting to learn. Like I went to Utah and I kind of got to experience firsthand um, Mormon culture um, and how kind of things are run there. And I, I found, you know, like, I mean, while I may not want to join it, it still was interesting to learn about. And um, I think the most interesting thing to me and, and is is that anyone that is born in Utah gets like put in their book as being Mormon. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's yeah. really interesting. So I think I, I might be a little bit wrong on that, but like I, that's what I was told was that yeah, they get if you're born inside the Utah, they can like put you down as like being a member of the Mormon Church. Hmm. So like thousands of years from now, they can look back and it like seems like they have a lot, lot more people involved than they did. The Mormon Church is also, like, their response to this musical was really cool to me because mm-hmm. I know if if this had been a musical, um, <clears throat> South Park has, like, Jesus Christ with Ninja Stars, and if they did, like, the musical about Jesus Christ with Ninja Stars, I know so the Catholic... That could be also a sequel to Jesus Christ. Right, Church. exactly. Jesus Christ Ninja Star. Exactly. I know the Catholic Church, if they had made a... Because mu- Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't see as an irreverent play. This play is super irreverent. Yeah. So I, I can imagine the Catholic Church making a very nasty response if this and had been was, done to like, them. I mean, and there was, like mixed responses like there was like the mormon church did you like you said put out a, a very... they put out an ad for those of you who don't know they put out an ad in um in playbill so when you saw it, it it was like if you enjoyed and i totally forgot to bring in my playbill but it was like if you enjoyed this you might enjoy like Being coming mormon. to the mormon church you know or reading the the actual book of mormon and i was like that's a cute like that's a cute way to like deal with yeah. deal with any like I mean, conflict you have. And there was people that walked out of the musical um, that were religious in general slash 
or Mormon, but I liked what um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said, which is that they wrote the I Believe song um, because they feel that no matter what religion you have, you can't ask for any proof for any of these like stories that you hear or how you're supposed to act. And so when you are choosing to be part of a faith, you have to blindly believe. Yeah. And you have to just go with it. And that deals with any religion, not just Mormon. And so that's why they put that in there. I feel like one of the one of my favorite takeaways from the Book of Mormon is I feel like the message is it doesn't it doesn't matter like what the stories are or how crazy the stories are because like each religion has its own crazy stories. Yeah. Um but it's it, it kind of pushes this message or it does. It does push this message of like being guided by a moral compass. So it's like you have Elder Cunningham see like that people are talking about raping babies, people are talking about uh female mutilation, and he stands up to it in the best way he knows how, which is by like basically it's- creating his own religion, <laughs> you know. Um so it's just uh, you can see religions as a I mean as a way to like say hey like these are ideas for how you should guide your moral compass. I mean and I think I've always said that religion can be used you know for good or bad. Yeah. Um it just depends on how you go. I think religion could be a really great thing for people if they choose to just take it in the right way. Um but you know there are the people that Right, if they choose to take it as allegory, like they're mentioning in the act, like in the actual Book of Mormon, like mm-hmm. the the characters in the end, they're like, yeah, we understand that these stories are metaphors, you know, which is sometimes. And I had this problem with dealing with a lot of evangelical Christians when I worked with them, and I, this is just to say the people I interacted with. I'm not trying to like knock other people, but the You're ones, not trying to put everybody. In yeah, I'm not trying to put everybody in a box, but the evangelical Christians that I worked with. It's there was this disconnect where they didn't seem to understand that the stories were a lot of the stories were metaphors, mm-hmm. and so it's like there these are these are basic instructions before leaving Earth. Um, it's an acronym, um, <laughs> but these are these are just ideas to like guide your moral compass. Yeah. So like if you actually you know follow each each book and each story well, like and think we, of it as we, true, yeah, it's a little bit follow, harder. If we follow everything we read as a hundred percent fact, and we have to lead by exactly that I mean that's how Scientology got started right right I mean you have people in the Bible turning into like pillars of salt it's like come on guys come on like this is just the stories here are stories to help guide your moral compass you can't take them all at face value um sorry I just had the thing right here that I wrote down that was said that the Latter-day Saints Church which Latter-day Saints for those who don't know that are also Yes. Mormons. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But they issued the polite and measured response to the musical by yeah. purchasing the advertisement. Um, I mean, I think that the musical did a very good job of, like, making fun but not crossing the line too, too far. Like, if anything, Hasadiki Ibawai is probably the most... The, the most irreverent. Yeah. yeah. One, yeah. like, the most offensive song right. in the entire musical. I feel South Park does that too, though. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like South Park is mean. And I think in in part, it's like they draw it as crude cartoons. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's the same. You know, you're creating a musical, which is like a fun kind of atmosphere. You're not trying to be like super mean, but you're trying to say, here, I have a point. This is my story. And they do it in a good way. Plus the music is a blast. That's what I'm saying. It's like with the the music music, is a blast. It's so upbeat. Like, you know, you can make fun of it even if you're part of that religion I think like there was people that were Mormon I know that went to the show like that they had like um, responses to people that went to the show that were Mormon that actually really did love it 
like even though it was making fun of their own religion yeah and stuff like they do it in such an upbeat way and at the end of the day like you said like the end of the musical is so positive in like the fact of like it doesn't matter what religion you follow as long as you follow your moral compass and right. as long as you're doing the right thing <laughs> right as long as you're doing the most good for the most amount of like people, what's what's know? better having brought these people into the mormon church or having them stop acting in the behaviors that were terrible right i mean if you're gonna pick one of the other i think you're gonna pick just having them stop doing the behaviors whether or not that it's a different religion that they join or your religion one of the things i do also love about book of mormon is um i i love that i i love that they decided okay we're going to uganda so they, <clears throat> you have all these people in the beginning who are like, I'm going to Norway, I'm going to France, land of turtlenecks, you know, so you have all these like cool touristy places where they're going. And then the, our, our stars of the show end up going to a place that really does need help. It's a place that really needs help. I mean, you have in the in the Salt Lake City song where where she's like, I bet Salt Lake City has like flour and the Red Cross. You know, like things that people like in poverty and in, in dire situations really need. And so I, I like that this message too was sometimes um, institutions, and this is another problem I have had as, uh, as a former member of the Catholic Church, is um, they they want to go out and like preach to people and talk to people but there are some and I'm not again not saying this is everyone like I had I went to a Catholic high school and we we had a volunteer program where every Wednesday instead of going to school you would you would volunteer somewhere mm-hmm. and so um I feel like the message of of these religions should be like go out and help people who actually need help Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be just going out and saying, like, do you believe in my religion? Well, have you accepted Jesus Christ? It well, should yeah, be like, well, the, I'm going to give you food because you don't have any effing food. There's the Christian people that actually want to make a difference in a world. Not just Christian. There's the religious people in general that want to make a difference in the world and that do lead their lives in these way to help other people and to try to make the world better. And then there's the people that go to church every Sunday so they can say that they're a good person but really don't lead their lives in a good way and exactly. don't follow the word right. that they're saying they follow. But, right. But hold themselves higher and esteem right. to other people because they go to church every Sunday. Right. So I love that this message was like was like, look, we're setting this in a in a place where a group of people really need help. Mm-hmm. Like you have people dying of AIDS, which is like um which is a real problem in Africa. And so, and you know, they have a warlord again, the, the warlord. I thought this was interesting. I didn't even know this. Um, general butt fucking naked is actually based on a real warlord named general butt naked. <laughs> oh my God. I had no idea because the South park guys, they pick such crazy names for yeah, things. You would just, you don't so even, I just to like assume like that's nothing but a made up name. Right. So as I was doing research, it, there was a real general butt naked who committed atrocities in the um, Liberian civil war in the nineties. And so they were basing it on that where it's like, you have this real character that was doing these terrible things. Oh my gosh. Um, and that's one of the things I find fascinating about this is you have this, you have somebody who's trying to respond to somebody who shoots people in the face by being like, read this book <laughs> And it's like, these people have real problems. You need to, like, th- deal with them on a different level. Oh, mm-hmm. You have to approach different people in different ways right. to get the point across. Let's talk about some of the cast here. So we have Andrew Reynolds playing Elder Price. 
This launched his him launched to him. like he to got started part on Girls, uh, the new normal. Yes. After this, if you want to watch the new normal after show, I recap that one too here last, on After Buzz. And TV. unfortunately, last first season. I know, it was such a good one. It was good. They just didn't. I don't want to get into it obviously because we're not talking about the new normal, but right. they just didn't really write it to be able to have future yeah, seasons. Go past. Um, then we had Elder Cunningham, which is Josh Gad, who also got his career kind of further launched by this. I mean, he, he was had in, been in stuff, but yeah, but then he was in he was Olaf and Frozen, mm-hmm. um, and then recently um, LeFou in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. So he's gotten a good right good popularity from this. Uh, we have Nikki M. James. Uh, she won a Tony for she playing was ama- Nabalungi. Nabalungi, yeah, and she was amazing. She was amazing. This. I mean, especially because she's really, like, they, there's other females in the show, but they're, she's the only one that has an actual part besides just being chorus, kind of. The thing I, I love about, um, if you if you consider, like, her, Andrew Rannells, and Josh Gad as, like, the three main actors, which mm-hmm. I do. They do, yeah. Um, they all understand this kind of humor and this kind of tongue-in-cheek humor, and they play to that very well, which is why I think this did you know, this musical did so well and why obviously it got a whole bunch of Tonys. It's always so funny to me because like I've had a couple people audition for either a local production of it or for the Broadway production of it. I knew people that auditioned and like that were women and so I was just like, Oh, you you were auditioning for Navalinki, right? Because yeah. who else are you gonna audition? It's the for? big part, yeah. This is the part you want. I mean obviously like if you audition you might get a chorus member, but I mean which you wouldn't turn down. I no, I wouldn't. No, I would not turn that down. To getting that part, but yeah, if you're a woman going out for a part of this show, yeah, that's the part you're going out for. And she has like these great moments of like innocence, yes, within the show. Um, that with everyone else around her being so corrupted is like such a. It's a nice balance to the people of Uganda, like to show like that she still has this like hope and innocence for her people. Right, where you have desolation. like you have like people running around chatting about maggots in their scrotum, and so she she's kind of like this like normalizing anchor amongst a lot of characters. Yeah, she dreams of Salt Lake City. She wants, she believes right away in the Book of Mormon. She's like, yes, this is what we need. She gets baptized in a very sexual song. Right. <laughs> I I mean, I also the Salt Lake City is one of my favorite songs because when I was reading. I downloaded it immediately, but like I was reading through the list of songs mm-hmm. before I actually listened to them. And, you know, it's spelled out like she says it, Salta Lake City. Um, and when I heard the song, I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. Because it is how, like, when you're somebody who doesn't, you know, like English isn't your first language and you hear a place, you pronounce it however you think it's, like, phonetically sounding yeah, from with, like, that person. same with, like, reading a book, like, how yeah. I thought Hermione was Hermione. Right. Until the movies came out. Right, exactly. Like, you just, you, you read it however you feel like it's said, and then that's just how it sticks in your head. Right. So that, I mean, that was fun for me, because, it, and the whole song, like I said earlier, was fun for me, because, it, you know, you have a person here who's talking about real problems and it's like when we're here living in a first world country we're like of course Salt Lake City has like all these wonderful things because like a lot of like cities have those things but she's just like she wants like basic human decency like needs Mm -hmm. and um in the humor there there's a there's truth of of like this is a this is a real problem and then also another like great theme that they talk about throughout the show is doubt because first you have the doubt of all of the villagers doubting that this can help them right 
but then you also have uh, Elder Price doubting his own faith and religion because why would his God send him to this place instead of the place he wanted to go? Right. When he can't help these people, why would he do that to him? And of course, I love, I, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't love Elder Cunningham, but I just love that that character is like, the the super like go getter nerd kind of character because I'm I'm all for the nerds and so I'm so happy that he's the character who's like he's you know you can tell like Elder Price it's is also, like sidelining him and in the end yeah, he's it, like it turns it's also out he's, such like a refreshing thing to have Elder Price be like the golden boy mm-hmm. um, and then he ends up doubting whereas Elder Cunningham has always been kind of the screw up but he never once loses his faith right yeah like it's I like that balance too yeah because it shows that just because you are considered like the top and like everything that you do is great like you can still have doubts you it's not bad i don't think to doubt to have like those everybody has those like i think it's important to have those questions and then you answer them in whatever way you need to answer them whether that be like you left whether that be going to the warlord and getting (laughs) the book of mormon shoved in your butt you know like whatever you know, and like some people's paths are to, you know, lose their religion and go a, a separate way. And some people's paths are to, it makes them stronger to doubt and answer those questions. Like it's not a right or wrong answer, I don't think. But I think it's important to show that those doubts can happen, that it's, you are allowed to. Right. It's not, it doesn't make you a bad person. And even Navalungi has doubts. Like she, the the reason she sings that song is because everybody's telling her like that this place doesn't exist like this kind of place like salt lake city doesn't exist and she's saying well this guy comes in and he tells me it exists so it has to be real and i i'm excited and i mean this show got a huge reception like i want to say like you know before hamilton it was a show that did kind of take over and like people couldn't get seats and it was the blockbuster before hamilton yeah like i would hamilton, say and, but hamilton, hamilton got obviously blown, blown out, the, out the blockbuster of all blockbusters but this was before then like people were dying to get seats people were paying ridiculous prices not just right. the prices of hamilton but ridiculous right. prices like i didn't see it the first time it came through because of the fact that it was so expensive it was very expensive yeah so i mean this you know people loved this musical whether or not it was because of the religious aspects or because they just love South Park and the silliness or whatever it is I feel like this is kind of a I musical like the that music's multiple super different catchy people too. Yeah, I mean is. it's like South Park has had um, you know they did these guys did Team America World Police and South Park Bigger Longer Uncut and the and the same guy that did the music for this also did that I think Bigger Longer he did a song oh he did uh, Robert Lopez yeah because I believe he's like almost has an EGOT he does have an ego. He does have an ego. Yeah, now. he does. Oh, have that's an right EGOT. because he got the Oscar for the yeah. Frozen. Yeah, so he has an ego. He's so he got the Emmy for. I, I read somewhere that he's like the one of the quickest people to ever ego. I think it took him like ten years. Such or a something. weird phrase. I know. To ego. We're we're all excited <laughs> about egots here. We are. Um, but yeah, those musicals are super catchy. Um, a bit a bit less well known maybe I don't know but they're super catchy and then of course Avenue Q super catchy Frozen super catchy yeah I mean if you like listen you can kind of hear similarities in between the song stylings of all three of those shows like they're yeah. very different yeah but, but it's super like pop catchy stuff I, I also love that uh, like they their influences are very clear like in, in South Park Bigger Longer Uncut they have like a Les Mis kind of medley and in this one um there are some of the songs that kind of give reference to other Broadway numbers, like You and Me, but Mostly Me is is The Wizard and I from yeah. Wicked. 
Um, the Hasadiga Iboi is uh, is Hakuna Matata, but like reverse. <laughs> I mean, guys, even if you don't want to see this show, like it's worth it to listen to the soundtrack alone. Yeah, and you would know you'll know the show by listening to the soundtrack. It's so catchy. There's like certain things you won't 100 percent get, like the um, turn it off. I love uh, the reference to the clap on clap off that they yeah. do. Plus, it's a tap number, and I'm a sucker for tap. Um, <laughs> But, like, so there's certain things you won't get, but still, like, listen to the music alone, like, pretty much you'll understand the show in a whole, as a whole. Yeah. It really, I mean, that's one of the things I like about the music is, like, there's there are some shows where you hear the music and you can't really fill in those blanks mm-hmm. until you go see the show. And then you're like, ah, I see how this fits together. I see... Like Hedwig, I didn't understand necessarily how it all worked together because there's so much talking in between the songs and the songs yep. are referenced because of what is being said in the monologues. So it's like the songs were... I still liked the songs, but I didn't understand necessarily how this musical was going to be put together. But this one... Yeah. I can was... like envision it happening in my head as I'm listening. This is one of... I mean, this is one of the musicals where I listened to the whole album and I had a picture in my head and I was like okay this this is exactly how I see this in my head and of course I had seen the uh, Andrew Rannell's Tony performance um, before all of this and everything so I and I knew what Josh Gat I knew what all these people looks like because I had looked up their pictures and so um going in I was like okay I wonder because you always wonder like how how is this going to be when I see it live and how are the blanks going to be filled in there weren't many huge surprises to me. It was pretty mm-hmm. much like the album tells the story and the music yeah. is pretty much like, it's like exactly how the story is. There's yeah, no it is like Les Mis. In between Les Mis, if you listen to the soundtrack, if you listen you're to listening the soundtrack, to the play. You are listening to the play. Yeah. I think Hamilton's the same way. I don't think there's any talking besides what's in the uh, Yes. Hamilton is song. the same way. You can get you can get the exact like and I think that's I so think mo- so those ones you more going for visual and for the performances and this one I think for both Hamilton and Book of Mormon, too, um, I think th- this is a theory I have, that that if you have an album that pretty much tells you how, how the show's going to be, people get so excited because they've already pictured the show that they're willing to, like, buy these tickets. And so it, I feel like the same thing happened with Hamilton. It was like, I can remember hearing about the show right when it came out like when the when the soundtrack album came out and like when it first went to Broadway and everybody already knew what was going on because because the music was so descriptive and it's the same thing with the Book of Mormon so people are buying up the seats because mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're getting and they love what they're getting it's it's just fun like it's a fun musical it's yeah it has like that's what I've always loved about musicals like that's one of the things from the beginning of time what I've loved about musicals is that even these serious topics, like there's no musical where there's not some comedy in it. There's no musical that I've ever seen that's been 100% dark. Like even the super dark ones, there's a little bit of comedy to them. So I love being able to take serious topics like AIDS and famine and disease that are happening in these third world countries and being able to bring them to light, but in a comedic way, but not to like say that they're not important. Like you still watch, like watching and listening to this, you don't feel like these things are not important right but there's still like things that maybe on the average day you're not thinking about being living in this country at least um for sure and like then you think about it and you're like oh my gosh like these things are really happening right they're telling this story and like you're laughing but then at the end of it you're kind of like wow that would like i do think comedy i do think comedy is a great way 
because it's so it's so appealing to so many people i i do think um comedy is a great way to like get people interested in a topic or get Mm. people to understand something i mean when you think of back in the day even like satire which is like a faction of comedy um it was a way to make people pay attention through something that like might make them laugh but then might will also make them remember it yeah i mean and that's exactly like you know there is so much ridiculousness in this entire musical. I know. I love. I mean, and of course, I live for the nerd references. Like, you know, you have like Boba Fett and Satan and all these like random characters coming. I mean, on. one of my favorite songs is probably um, uh, the Mormon Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Mormon Hell Dream. Thank you. I was yep. like, why? It's like one of my favorite songs. I can't think of the title. Um, but just him, like the like ridiculousness of him, like talking about like the lawyer that got O.J. Simpson off. And people like <laughs> Johnny Cochran, uh, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Cochran, and uh, what's his face that ate men's penises, and all these people yeah. throughout history that did terrible, like, or in their minds did terrible things, and not in their minds, in most people's minds. Um, and then he's just like, "I'm way worse than you. I left my companion." Like, yeah, it's. I mean, there I, there's a lot of like funny songs, and all the actors are so like you have to to be able to do this right you have to have that great oh like the timing. guy who plays general buff fucking naked um brian um tyree henry like he's brilliant like you have to think of how many times did you have to rehearse it before you weren't laughing at each other right right because i if i play general buff fucking naked which is probably one of my favorite roles in the whole <laughs> musical um if and obviously i would not be playing him but if i had and like i would just be cracking up the whole time because that scene to me is so funny when he's coming in and he's so serious. He's like, I believe. And he is, he's listing out real things that, like, maybe not the mainstream factions of the Mormon church mm-hmm. believe, but, like, yeah, there are, like, there's truth to the things that he's saying. And you're like, these are so crazy. And he's just, like, walking up into this camp and the general and his, like, people are, like, not having it. I would be laughing so hard. I, I just, yeah, I, so I like you have to have great face. comedic timing. You have to have great comedic resistance, right? Um, for these parts, interesting, interesting. Just little like tidbit in that song. Um, he says, I think it's in 1979. God changed his mind about black people. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a reference to how the Mormon Church almost lost its tax exempt status because it would not let African Americans into the church, church. and. Um, basically you know the you know the government or whoever was like uh you have to you're gonna lose your taxes up status because you can't you can't pick and choose mm-hmm. um for who your religion join, like yeah. who gets to join your religion and so then they were like oh okay well there's another tablet or whatever that says that you can join it's just like it's like the epitome of ridiculousness of religion to me because religions do this all the time where it's like oh we're excluding you oh but now we're including you because like we realize like we're gonna get penalized you know not because we're good people but because we're gonna get penalized not like as we said like i feel like and again no i'm talking about about every single i'm talking about institutions not actual like people i just always want to keep stating yeah um I do want to pull up the Tony Award video uh, for Book of Mormon for the year, which is Adrian Reynolds singing, I believe. 
they have one if you guys are interested uh they had one a year later with the touring cast yeah. for hello which yeah, was but they just did hilarious the, the intro to the tony awards yeah it was the intro and they were knocking on like ricky martin's door and while we pull that up, um, this Tony, this Tony, this musical won um, best musical, best book of a musical, best original score, best featured actress for Nikki M. James, best direction of a musical for Casey Nicola and Trey Parker, uh, best orchestrations, best scenic design, uh, best lighting design, best sound design. It won a lot, and then it was also nominated for best actor for Andrew Allen and Josh Gad, best featured actor for Rory O'Malley, um, and also. Best choreography and best costume design. So I really actually I, I love the costume designs of this musical. I, I love them. Yeah, this I mean this was one of those ones that came in and like everyone was like, is it gonna sweep or is it just gonna be nominated for everything? Yeah. And it pretty much swept that year. I'm glad I mean and it shows how like how far we've come in musicals because we we did uh we did a test show to Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how Gypsy didn't really win. I don't think it won. Did it win anything? It didn't win anything. Not the first time it was nominated. Yeah, I the first believe. time it was nominated, it didn't win anything because it was so risque. And then you're like, you look forward to 2011 and Book of Mormon, and you're like, look how we've made a leap from like things that we don't think are risque anymore to things that are, that are probably very risque. It also and makes you think in 50 more years what is going to be acceptable on stage that is not accepted yet. Yeah. I mean, but we've already had hair where people are just naked. Yeah, I don't I mean. know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> should have that um, clip I up believe... in just a second. Oh. Oh, yeah. We're oh, ready. Sorry. We were we're ready. ready. Uh, we are going to play the clip. Roll the clip. And I love their costumes because this is what they wear, you know. Since I was a child, I tried to be the best. So what happened? I think my favorite part in this whole clip is his hair and how it never moves, no matter my how much friends, he moves. Uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends said, Andrew Reynolds in this musical looks like Bob's big boy because of that, like, sweep in his hair. To play this role, you have to have this kind of, like, earnestness that Andrew Reynolds has that I love. So then why was I so scared? A warlord who shoots people in the face. What's so scary about that? I must trust that my lord is mightier and always has my back. This never gets old to me. It just gets old to I can't have even one shred of doubt. And I always giggle during it. I'm still giggling. I could not be in this cast. I would just be giggling. Cannot just believe partway. You have to believe in it all. My problem was doubting the Lord's will instead of standing tall. The other I thing I like about this point in the musical is that for those of us who have watched all these musicals, this is usually the point of turnaround where the like the main character gets their due and they've faced everything and they win. 
And I love this, this number because you're watching it, and even though he's saying all these crazy things and he's being crazy because he's going to like a warlord with a Book of Mormon, um, and you know you're like, there's there's two parts of your brain going. Like one part of your brain is like this cannot end well, and then the other part of your brain is like, oh, this is the searing like heartwarming like hero story. So like. I'm rooting for him, and he's got to do great. I mean, he succeeds in his own way. He had, sort of. I mean, I mean, I just love that this after scene is like, it turns out the warlord shoved the Book of Mormon into his butthole. Like, sorry for spoilers, but that's what happens. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I love this kind of like playing with expectations. It's like you have this searing like hero number, and then afterwards it's like, the hero literally, like... He has comeuppance for leaving. He literally has comeuppance, yeah. I love the shop. I know. The 78. My favorite part with the general, though, is when he starts dancing with him, and the general's hand just never closes. Yeah, just open, like yes, because he's he's so like I don't know what to do with this guy's a mess. And then I do like in the end he becomes a prophet too, elder general, but fucking naked. So like he's like not having it. He's just not having it. And see, after this, you feel so good for him. You're like, maybe yeah. he accomplished something. No, no, nope, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's just a f- great musical. Like, if you have the chance, I just pulled up the um tour schedule it's in los angeles through july 9th and then it's going to be going to san jose um and then you can look up the tour schedule for where it goes from there but it if it comes through your area like you should go see it it's a great musical it's so much fun and you're gonna have so much fun seeing and, it. and if if mormonism fascinates you south park also has a really great episode on scientology that um they have a great that episode on almost every yeah they religion. do they do there's one where the bunny is the pope i liked that one um, that's all I have for Book of Mormon today. Did you have anything else you want to add before we round up on that? Topic? No, that's all I have. Um, the only thing I have for Broadway News today, because I didn't have time to go research a ton um, this week, unfortunately, is, but I did want to talk about that they announced the cast for uh, Mamma Mia at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, we're going to have Dove Cameron playing Sophie, who was the one that played um, in Hairspray Live. Uh like, I'm not Amber Von Tessel. Think I cannot think of names today. Um, Corbin Blue is going to play Sky, who is going to be her uh, fiance. Sam is going to be Jamie Camille. Leah Dar- Lar- 
Laria is Rosie, Jennifer Nettles is Donna, and the rest are still being announced, but that's what we have right now. Nice. So, it's shaping up to be a pretty decent cast. I still haven't seen Hollywood Bowl has always done a pretty good job with casting. I was just going to say I haven't seen a musical at the Hollywood Bowl. Really? And then I take it back because I saw Little Mermaid and it was amazing and they had a great cast. So they, yes. Every every musical I've seen has had a pretty decent cast uh, yeah. for it. So this one, I mean, I've seen, I probably won't go see this one because I've already seen Mamma Mia three times. Um, yeah, I've seen the original cast. And I mean, they're, for for me, like we both love Mamma Mia. And for me, I have a special spot in my heart for the original cast. Yeah. So. I always thought, like, when I first saw it, because I listened to the soundtrack so much, um, and just, they had British accents. Yeah. And so when I heard, watched it for the first time, and they didn't have British accents, I was like, wait. You're like, why? That's why? Not, that's not right. <laughs> um, that's all I have for Broadway News, though, today. I, do you have anything you had that you wanted to add? Uh, no, not today. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for Book of Mormon discussion today. Um, again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially my father, and I'm sure Jackie, yes. her father. Um, and you guys will see us next week. We're going to be talking fun home uh, that week, and we will see you then. You can find me at bfips14 on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm one two three Jackie B on all platforms. Have a great week, guys. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Sweetan, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.